Hi, this is Peyton with Girls Gone Right. Today we have Dr. Lindsay Peterson with us. She owns Evolve Health and Wellness with her husband, Steve. She's also one of my good friends, and she is one of the people who inspired me to get off birth control, and she gave me all the information. She also specializes in pediatric chiropractic and also has a wealth of holistic knowledge. Lindsay, so go ahead and give us a little information about yourself. Thank you. First of all, I'm so excited to be here and just share I guess my wealth of knowledge, um, education is something I'm super passionate about because I'm realizing that's kind of one of the biggest, um, like where we're lacking in our world and in our society is there's not a whole lot of education that most people get about their bodies and how they work and how to take care of them properly from the beginning. It's unfortunately something that people kind of learn down the road once they start suffering from injury and disease and things like that. Um, but I originally actually started my whole health career um, by heading to UNC Wilmington, I was going to pursue a degree in nursing. So I actually worked in a hospital as a nurse aide for a little over a year. Um, and just in seeing the way that our kind of current healthcare system and the model that they were operating under was working slash not working, I realized I needed to be on the more proactive and preventative side of healthcare because I was at the time I had these 12 hour shifts where I was sitting with one patient in um, you know, based on how their medications were maybe tweaked or what they were taking at any given time, um, I could be with one patient one day and, and they'd kind of be lucid and understanding, you know, who they are, where they were, things like that, that are pretty important to know as you know, people. Um, and then within a day or two, just based again on kind of how their disease had taken over, how their medications had been tweaked, they'd be completely out of it, not even be able to like say words or understand again, kind of who they are and where they were. Um, so that was kind of a big hitting point for me. I just knew it wasn't something I could do long term. Um, so that's when I started kind of researching my different options. Um, and nutrition was something that had always kind of been important to me because growing up, I had suffered from all kinds of digestive issues. Um, I wasn't able to eat but like a bite of food and very specific things without my stomach hurting, um, without feeling full. And I knew obviously that there was something wrong with me. I went to gastrointestinal doctors went through all different sorts of tests and procedures. And they're like, you're fine. There's nothing wrong with you. I was like, well, clearly not. <laughs> I can't eat a full plate of food because that's not a normal thing. Um, so I knew I just had to kind of learn more about how food affected our bodies. So I then transferred to North Carolina State University where I graduated from in 2014 um, with a Bachelor of Science in Nutrition and just kind of a long that uh, schooling and journey, I knew I wanted to take my schooling a little bit further. I just wasn't exactly sure um, what that route was going to look like. I looked into things like becoming a registered dietitian, um, which I thought I might want to do, um, lactation consultant, shadowed occupational therapist, physical therapist, um, and actually shadowed a chiropractor. And at first I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. You know, they help people, you know, get out of back pain, things like that. But I, I truthfully didn't know the power of chiropractic myself until she said, let's treat you as a patient so that you can understand firsthand, you know, what my clients and patients are going through, because that's the best way to learn. And I was like, okay, like, what else do I have to lose? Um, and within just a few adjustments and a few kind of weeks and months of care, I was able to eat full plates of food um, and just, you know, really change my whole dynamic and relationship with food, which I thought was so interesting. So based on how I was tweaking my diet at the time based on what I was learning in the nutrition program paired with the chiropractic journey that I was, you know, soon embarking on. Um, and the two together, I was like, 
I need to learn how to help people with this because it completely changed my life. Um, so from that point on, went and just kind of uh, toured chiropractic school and they told me to apply and I got in and just kind of never looked back, just went down the whole holistic health uh, journey and avenue learning as much as I could, because that's what I want to do is help people um, and be healthy and happy and live kind of their best lives. That is so cool. So you got to see it from both sides, from preventative care to being almost being a nurse and seeing sick care. And those are two completely different systems, right? Yes, absolutely. That's something they actually preached a lot in our chiropractic school. I went to a very vitalistically uh, and philosophically sound chiropractic school where they approach things from a very holistic perspective. Um, and, you know, they said, we're not currently operating in, in a healthcare system. It's a sick care system. People wait till they're sick. They wait till they're hurt. They wait till there's something wrong to do something about their health. When if you approach things um, from the beginning and kind of the proactive and preventative side, you can go so much further. And that's one reason I'm like so passionate about working with kids is if we can get them healthier kind of from day one when they're the healthiest, kind of most adaptable and malleable, the most you know resilient um, and able to kind of expose their body to the things to help them grow healthy and strong, um, we're going to have a much kind of brighter and healthier future. So. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, I feel like as children, like the last obstacle obstacle they need growing up is like facing their own health and like having to overcome that. I mean, especially for a child, I mean, you really, they don't really have the opportunity to change that. It's just kind of like their parents' lifestyle handed down to them. Absolutely. There's um, a quote out there that says, you know, most people would die for their child, but would you live for them? And that kind of puts it into perspective about how you're setting an example for your kids. Kids are literally mirrors. They see something that you do and they're going to follow in your footsteps. So if you're not setting a good example by living a healthy lifestyle, eating good food, exercising, you know, doing the right kind of self, self-care, healthcare measures, um, they're going to kind of fall in those footsteps, unfortunately. So. Yeah. And speaking of like lifestyles and eating well and just your overall wellness, we are talking about gut health today. Uh, Lindsay has a wealth of knowledge in this topic. So I thought what better person to have on than Dr. Lindsay, because you are always preaching it and the gut is so crucial and important. And I feel like it's not talked about a lot or talked about enough. A lot of people just don't have that information. A lot of people don't even know really what the gut does. So we are going to change that today. Lindsay, what is your gut? So your gut is pretty much your entire gastrointestinal system. That's everything from your mouth, throat, esophagus, stomach, down through your intestines, down to kind of your rectum and elimination system. Um, But when most people think of the gut, they're primarily thinking of your intestines. So both your small and large intestines um, and kind of that huge system um, that affects how we either digest or not our food and kind of what we determine um, will bring in as far as vitamins, minerals, nutrients, things like that. Um, Your intestines are actually anywhere from about 15 to 20 feet in length. So so if you think about that and kind of a tubular system, the amount of surface area that is to be able to expose your body to either the right or wrong things. Yes, it's a lot. Um, And something that people don't necessarily understand. They're like, how can that fit inside my body? It's because it's all, you know, Um, kept inside through, you know, our skeleton and our muscles and our organs and skin, things like that. Um, But it's one of the areas that we really need to focus on making sure that we're exposing it to the right things so that we can nourish better health and good health versus disease, sickness, illness, things like that. 
Wow, that that is so cool. So I know people like talk about the gut and they say it's like the second brain. Why is the gut called the second brain? Yeah, so our body primarily um, communicates with, with itself via our nerve cells, which are called neurons. Um, and in your brain, you have about 100 billion different neurons constantly firing, communicating with one another. Um, and your um, gastrointestinal system actually has its own nervous system. It's called the enteric nervous system. So our guts actually have neurons kind of within itself. There's a whole network of nerves that are constantly communicating information from the gut up to the brain. Um, so we can actually kind of think of our guts as like a sensory organ because um, a lot of the information that we take in from our gut gets sent up to our brain so that we can kind of process, um, integrate and decide what we're going to do with it um, as far as kind of carrying out the right functions to make sure, again, we're bringing in the right things, keeping out the wrong things, um, that kind of stuff. And again, there's this kind of entire network. Um, it's actually kind of protected by your abdominal wall and, and tissues. Um, but there's one nerve in particular that a lot of people like to focus on because it's kind of the biggest nerve that's a part of that system. Um, and it's called the vagus nerve. It's spelled V-A-G-U-S. Um, but it's, it's again, kind of this really huge um, two-way street of communication between your brain and your gut. Um, and 80% of that information that's traveling throughout this nerve is actually um, afferent. And so that's going from your gut up to your brain. So again, sending information about what we're bringing into our bodies so that our brain can decide. And then that last 20% is what we're going to do with that information um, after we've kind of processed and, and our bodies made the decision um, about how to go about either digesting it or eliminating it. Wow. So since like the brain and gut talk to each other is, can your gut like affect your overall mood and like, I mean, your possible lifestyle factors? Yes, absolutely. So yes, our, you know, gut and our brain communicate one another via the neurons, but they also communicate via what we call our neurotransmitters. And these are chemical signals that are kind of sent um, along those neurons as well. And your gut can actually produce um, some of these neurotransmitters. So they can affect whether or not you have a good mood, you know, good energy, things like that. Um, they produce a, a neurotransmitter called GABA that helps in kind of reducing and controlling feelings of fear and anxiety. Um, serotonin, which maybe you've heard of, that helps to control feelings of happiness and regulate your body's internal clock. Um, also produce short-chain fatty acids, which help to reduce our appetite and make sure that our blood-brain barrier um, is something that is strong. So that's making sure that things that are traveling within our blood um, can get into the brain only if they're important enough, small enough, healthy enough to actually nourish the brain versus kind of act as what we call a neurotoxin. That's a lot of things um, kind of in our society that we expose ourselves to, one of them being alcohol, um, that actually kind of diminishes this whole entire system um, within our gut, but also within the rest of our body as well, um, diminishes that communication, can kind of diminish how your brain is functioning. Um, so kind of slowing it down, you know, um, not nourishing it with the right nutrients, things like that. Um, so it's, you know, definitely um, a big factor in people's health and wellness, um, especially when it comes to mood and things like that. And a lot of that is due to our gut microbiome, um, which is something that if you kind of talk about gut health, research about gut health, you'll learn a lot about the microbiome. 
Um, and this is the fact that, you know, within our guts reside a lot of microscopic organisms. So this is things like bacteria, viruses, fungi, um, a lot of which we actually need in order to be healthy because those good bacteria, viruses, fungi actually fight off a lot of the bad ones that we may introduce um, into our bodies via things like, you know, foods, um, chemicals, maybe that we're exposed to from like secondhand smoke, alcohol, again, some of these things that unfortunately we're exposed to probably on a daily basis. Um, but having enough of those good bacteria, viruses, things like that are going to help to fight off some of the bad ones. Um, but what we're seeing a lot of kind of in our society today is there's not as many good bacteria and there's kind of a lot of those bad ones. We're seeing a lot of yeast overgrowth, um, you know, intestinal overgrowth of bacteria that are, again, kind of that more harmful bacteria and the toxic kind, the one that our bodies doesn't want, um, which is causing a lot of indigestion, you know, heartburn, reflux, those sorts of things, um, just based on kind of the imbalance of those um, bacteria within our bodies. So where can you find the good bacteria? Um, so these are um, different things called probiotics and prebiotics, and they're both kind of a little bit different. Probiotics are actually live bacterial strains, um, which you can find in things um, like yogurt or fermented foods. Um, sourdough bread is actually a great source of probiotics. Um, kombuchas, those sorts of things that are, are kind of fermented. They have a lot of those beneficial bacteria. Um, and then prebiotics as well. These are fibers that um, then become fermented by the guts. They kind of, in the end, have those same results um, and help to also reduce our cortisol levels, which cortisol is our stress hormone. Um, and we want a lower level of that rather than a high one, because when we're you know, exposed to a lot of stress and our cortisol is off the charts, that can lead to a lot of depletion of nutrients. Um, and kind of a slowing down of the function of all of our different organs. Um, so wanting to keep that as low as possible. So you can find that in a lot of foods like um, that have a good fiber content, but are also kind of fermented. So things like artichoke and asparagus, um, oats and apples are actually all good prebiotics as well, because they have that fiber content. Oh, awesome. I love oatmeal. So <laughs> that is good to know. Uh, so like since the, the brain and the gut connect and like it does affect your overall mood, are there certain specific foods that you can eat that like may give like, I don't, like make you feel better, like put you in a better mood? Yes, absolutely. So yeah, some of the things you can do obviously to support better gut health as well as brain health is of course, eating a balanced diet. Um, working with, you know, some sort of professional dietitian, someone to make sure you're you're along those right lines. Um, but there are a lot of foods um, that can help support this system. And one of them is going to be beneficial fats. Fats kind of get a bad reputation because um, of the word itself and because no one really wants fat on their bodies. Um, but there are a lot of beneficial fats out there that we actually need in order to survive. Our brain um, is actually a fat burning machine. So our brain needs fat in order to function properly. So that's why eating something like an avocado early in the morning is going to help you have better kind of cognitive function energy throughout the day because you're you're feeling that good fat. Um, so avocados is going to be one of those foods. Um, some of the healthier oils like coconut oil, um, obviously avocado oil, extra virgin olive oil is going to be one of them. Um, any of the fishes. So the fish that have omega threes are also kind of along those lines of those healthier fats. Um, supplying our nervous system with the good fats that they need in order to function and, and signal properly so that they can communicate to the full extent. Of course, like I was talking about the fermented foods to help kind of support with the good bacteria. So sauerkraut, pickles, pickled vegetables, 
um, any of that kind of, you know, food industry, um, as well as like a lot of high fiber foods, because you do want that fiber content to kind of help bulk up your stool so that you can also, um, you know, eliminate what you need to as well. So that's going to be things like whole grains, nuts, seeds, um, you know, obviously fruits and vegetables have a good fiber content as well. Um, and then there are a couple other different types of foods um, that contain very beneficial components. One of them is going to be your polyphenol containing foods. Um, these components help to promote better circulation. So obviously help to reduce risk of like heart disease, um, lower your blood pressure, things like that, um, help maintain the structural integrity of your vessel walls so that they again, stay healthy and functioning like they should. Um, that helps to improve your cognition because your brain relies on a lot of good blood flow again, in order to function properly. So making sure that your vascular system is healthy and strong is going to be helpful in helping your brain function. Um, and then also help to produce uh, reduce your chronic inflammation. Um, so foods that contain the polyphenols are things like um, like cocoa, so cocoa powder, cocoa nibs, um, cacao, those kinds of things. Um, green tea is one of them. Actually, uh, coffee. So people kind of want an excuse to drink coffee. Um, when you're looking at a good quality coffee, that's going to be one of them. Um, black beans and olive oil as well are some of those polyphenols. And then um, kind of our root and our tuber vegetables also help to do a lot of gut healing, especially um, when we're in a state of maybe our gut isn't functioning as well as it should. They help to do a lot of the nourishing um, and healing to kind of the um, cells and the tissues within our gut to make sure that they become stronger and not kind of that leaky gut that maybe you hear about. Um, and those root and tuber vegetables or anything that are kind of bulb-like and come from the ground. So think of things like potatoes, sweet potatoes, um, mushrooms, ginger, uh, carrots, things like that. Okay. Very cool. Love. I love the potatoes. A big fan of the root vegetables. Honestly, putting ginger yes. in things like it changes it. Like it is a different flavor, but if you can use it right, it's amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. So. It's also an anti-inflammatory food. So it helps to reduce inflammation kind of widespread throughout the body as well. So ginger is a great one. <laughs> Perfect. So lots of benefits. So I can, what are some ways that you can see an unhealthy gut like externally? Like if someone comes to you, how could you identify that they don't have a healthy gut? So actually one thing that's going to be an indicator of an unhealthy gut, which people kind of find interesting, um, is a lot of skin conditions. Um, our skin is very reflective of what's going on in our gut. Um, and so you can look at different things like maybe your acne distribution and what part of your face it's on as far as like which areas of your gut might be stressed a little bit more. Um, your chin tends to be a sign of kind of hormonal imbalance. So understanding that maybe um, some of your gut dysfunction is affecting your hormones. Um, obviously, any sort of digestive complaint that we hear in any sort of a health history. So indigestion, um, things like constipation or diarrhea, both end of, ends of the spectrum. Um, constant, you know, bloating or, or just feeling like, you know, they burp all the time, anything dealing with, again, kind of trying to process these foods, but um, knowing that their body isn't doing something right. Um, so a lot of those um, things like fatigue, um, if your body is trying really, really hard to digest things that it just can't or doesn't want to, um, it's going to send all of your energy to your gut rather than to the rest of your body, which is going to have you again, feeling like fatigued, low energy, um, things like that. If you have difficulty, maybe either gaining weight or losing weight, again, either end of the spectrum there um, could be a sign of gut dysfunction because 
as we know, our gut communicates, you know, with our brain, but also that communicates with other organs that are responsible for metabolism, like our thyroid, um, our adrenal glands for managing stress. Stress is a huge one um, and supporting the gut as well. Like, yes, we want to focus on the foods that we're putting in um, and eliminating toxins from our environment, but stress management is actually going to be a huge thing um, in helping our gut because it raises um, our parasympathetic activity. So our nervous systems have kind of two subdivisions. We have our sympathetic, um, which is our fight or flight. So anytime that we're in a heightened sense, um, you know, physically trying to run away from a threat or a stressor, anytime that you feel stress, you know, your heart rate picks up, your respirations pick up those types of things. That's kind of a sympathetic dominant state within the body. Um, and then we have our parasympathetic. This is kind of what we nickname our rest, digest, um, and reproduce. So when your body is in a state of sense and calm, when it can actually, you know, regenerate the right tissues, heal the ones that maybe are inflamed or, or injured, um, can actually also, you know, heal the gut, bring you into a state of rest and relaxation. Um, and also, like I said, heal some of those tissues and help with things kind of widespread throughout the body as well, because essentially anything that's in our gut, um, if it is being absorbed, it's being absorbed into our bloodstream, which then kind of travels to the rest of our body. So that's why we could see pretty much just about anything. Um, and it could signal some gut dysfunction, um, especially because right now we're seeing too much getting into the bloodstream, which is causing again, that widespread dysfunction um, and kind of disability because all these toxins are just you know, being taken throughout the body. Um, so we'll see different autoimmune diseases. So things like rheumatoid arthritis, psoriasis, lupus, those kinds of things. Again, the acne conditions, anything dealing with the skin, um, all, all of that cognitive disorders. So anxiety and depression um, is a huge one that we're seeing in tons of people right now, um, as well as kind of some of the cognitive disorders um, related to aging as well, like Alzheimer's and dementia. Um, a dysfunctional gut and kind of poor nutrition can really escalate your chances of, you know, maybe developing Alzheimer's or dementia um, down the line, which isn't something people always think about in the moment. They're like, oh, I'm, you know, 20, 30, whatever. I have a while before I even think about that. But um, we have kind of this, this quote that we like to go by with every uh, bite that you eat, you're either feeding disease or fighting it. Um, and what you're doing now is going to be reflective of your health in the future, which is, again, is hard to think about because we always want to think about this moment and enjoying, you know, the one life that we have and how we are right now. But you're going to be able to live so much longer and have a healthier, happier life if you're doing the right things now versus, again, waiting till you're sick or injured and then being like, OK, now it's time to take care of these things. Wow. that I love that quote. And it's just so interesting that the gut is so sensitive like with any shift or stress in life, like your gut will be a tell-all of what's going on. So that is just so interesting that it picks up on everything. So that's why it's called the second brain <laughs> because it just, it knows. So what can people do to change, to implement good changes for their gut health? Yeah. So kind of like I touched on earlier, of course, eating the balanced diet, focusing on some of those foods that help nurture and nourish the gut. Um, avoiding a lot of the inflammatory foods, which again are very popular um, in our society right now. So that's going to be things like fast food, fried foods, all the processed stuff typically that you see in the center of the grocery store. Um, if something can sit on a shelf for a long period of time and not like spoil or expire, it's, it's probably not the best for your body because it has other, you know, preservatives, additives in there to make it last so long on the shelves. It's kind of further from its natural state. 
So that's just something to consider when you're, you know, you're out shopping again, kind of avoiding the fast food, fried foods, um, refined sugar and refined, um, you know, grains and flours. Again, sugar gets a bad rep. People think they can't eat fruit because it has sugar, but it also has, you know, fiber and things like that, that it needs um, to kind of help eliminate the sugars that we don't need and only take in kind of what we do. Um, but it's more of those processed sugars that have been stripped of the beneficial nutrients um, that we would need kind of along with it. Um, of course, supplementing maybe with a probiotic or prebiotic, you could do that through your foods like I was talking about, or they do make prebiotic and probiotic like tablets and capsules, things like that, where if you don't like any of those foods that I mentioned before that have those probiotics and prebiotics, um, you can get them there. Um, just one thing that I always kind of recommend to people is alternating through the probiotics and prebiotics that you're getting in, um, maybe like every six to eight weeks. Um, making sure that you're taking in different strains of bacteria because you want to get exposed to as many as you can kind of diversify your microbiome versus just focusing on the same brand of the same supplement supplement for the rest of your life. Um, so one thing that you can do usually is kind of switch brands. Um, most of them should tell you on the ingredient label kind of which strains or which bacteria are in that specific supplement um, or, you know, yogurt, things like that. Um, as well. So just kind of keep an eye out there and making sure you're diversifying it. And if you have maybe like three or four brands that you like kind of rotating throughout those throughout the year, um, that way you're not having to constantly find something new that you're okay with putting into your body, but still kind of getting that diversification um, and not putting uh, too much of any one thing into the body because even healthy things, if, if you have too much, um, can end up taking more of a toll on the body um, than doing well. So of course, um, diversifying the microbiome is going to be helpful um, for for pregnant women um, or new moms. Breastfeeding is a great way to get some of that good healthy bacteria um, for your babies. So starting the, uh, them off on the right foot again, like we are talking about, um, is a great way to do it. And then um, stress management, like I was talking about, just allowing the gut to have its time of rest, relaxation, and it's your time to shine kind of thing. Like let it do its job. Um, which most people aren't adapting to or managing their stress probably as much as yep. they should, um, which we see again, kind of with a lot of the mental health disorders and just kind of the way we've developed our lifestyles to be. Most of us are exposed to so much stress. Um, and of course, it's, you know, unrealistic and impossible to say, like, let me, you know, eliminate out all the stress of my life. Um, but just do what you can to so that your body is more adaptable and can manage it better rather than just saying, well, it's impossible to get rid of stress. So this is just how my life is going to be um, doing things to manage your stress, you know, scheduling that white space in your calendar where you're doing absolutely nothing so that your body has that physical time to rest, you know, self-care activities like getting together with families, friends, um, taking exercise classes, going out dancing, whatever it is that, you know, generally brings you joy and kind of uh, releases some of those, you know, positive neurotransmitters, you know, the happiness chemicals, as they like to call them, um, is going to be great. And then one thing that I always kind of tell people is, you know, like taking antibiotics only when it's necessary. And that's not to say, you know, never take them. But um, one thing to note about antibiotics is they tend to wipe out a lot of bacteria, both good and bad. Um, so you, that's why we see a lot of kind of indigestion, gut dysfunction after maybe taking a course of antibiotics is because you're wiping out a lot of the good bacteria that you need again in order to properly digest and assimilate the nutrients that you want from your food. So that's just something to consider. I mean, there, of course, is a time and a place um, for medicine, but just maybe doing the things you, again, can be doing on the front end to kind of be more proactive and preventative, supporting yourself, and then turning to those things when, you know, maybe you need that extra help.
Yeah, I love those tips. I feel like, especially like de-stressing, knowing how to de-stress, a lot of people just compile their stress and they don't deal with it until like they get sick or they just like have a mental breakdown. And then they're like, okay, now I deal with my stress. And the best way to do it, like Lindsay said, is just like definitely blank out your calendar because you don't want to get to the point where you're like overloading and you're about to have a breakdown or you get sick because your body, you getting sick is like your body saying like, I can't handle this. It's too much. And that means you've just, you've gone too far. Um, so definitely doing like a daily self-care. <laughs> self-care is important. Everyone posts about it and they're like, this is self-care, but it is actually so important for your body to heal. We all love our self-care. I love me time. <laughs> I like to just like turn off my phone, put it away and like just disappear and like do my own thing. Um, so it is really important to just like know how to de-stress and the gut is universal. So like implementing all of these things, like eating a healthier diet, listening to your body, de-stressing, like all these things, like, yes, it's going to benefit your gut, but it's going to benefit your overall health as well. Because imagine like what eating healthy will do for your gut, but also overall your whole wellness, which is amazing that like implementing these things to help your gut will also help everything else. So it's just kind of like two burns, one stone, you're getting healthier overall, but also improving your gut health. So that is so cool. And you just have like so much information. So like, I'm trying to take this all in too. <laughs> Do you have any more good, good tips for us on the gut? Um, I know one of the things we kind of <laughs> talked about before is like, what are some of the long-term benefits? Like, like you kind of mentioned, it improves your overall health. Um, so yeah, long-term health, longevity, um, improving things like sleep, your mood, your energy, things that people, you know, we see dealing with, you know, disorders or dysfunctions of this all the time and people aren't sleeping well. So then they don't wake up with good energy and then that puts them in a bad mood and it's kind of this vicious cycle downwards. Um, but you know, supporting yourself, doing the right things, healing your gut, putting in the right foods, um, will fuel your body, uh, help you have stronger focus, concentration, memory, um, again, releasing some of those neurotransmitters that help to promote happiness within your body, love, um, you know, things like better coordination and movement, fewer instances of illness. And when you do get sick, your body's in a, you know, it's stronger. So you're more likely to kind of push through those illnesses quicker. Um, of course, you know, kind of on the lower end and then, you know, reduce your risk of chronic diseases, things that we're seeing left and right, you know, cancer, yep. obesity, diabetes, heart disease, things that most of these things are, are preventable. I mean, there are of course going to be genetic components and you have to be aware of maybe if those things are running in your family and take extra precautions and extra measures. Um, but a lot of these chronic diseases that we're seeing are, are preventable, but most people just aren't doing the right things. Um, and unfortunately, I think a lot of that is just a lack of education kind of in our system about our own bodies. I mean, I know that if I had not opted to take an anatomy class in high school, I don't think I would have gotten any education. I mean, you get health, but for the most part, they focus just kind of on the sexual education, which again is important, but we, we need to know how our bodies function. Um, so yeah. I guess one thing that I would recommend to people is just, you know, be your own advocate. Do as much research as you can, like connect with professionals and people who have that wealth of knowledge and just soak it all in, be a sponge, learn as much about your body um, and how it needs to function and what it needs to do in order to be able to carry all of that out. That's so important. Um, and you're not going to get that unless you seek it out yourself, unfortunately. Hopefully those kinds of things change. I know we're seeing a lot more, you know, influencers out there, doctors out there on social media trying to do more of that education. But just being open to that and kind of taking it all in and, and asking questions, you know, 
um, being a skeptic and kind of understanding so that, you know, rather than just kind of following um, whatever recommendations are out there by, you know, certain entities, things like that, um, you know, doing your own research and, and educating yourself on, you know, the science, the physiology of our bodies, what each of your organs are doing. Um, a lot of people know about the liver for detoxification, but they don't know it's also a hormone producer. So people who are out there drinking every weekend are really stressing their livers. And, you know, that's not only affecting, yes, kind of liver cirrhosis and how their liver can function as far as being able to eliminate toxins, but again, producing hormones. So we see a lot of people kind of dealing with hormonal imbalances, um, which leads again to a lot of these other things that tie in with the gut. So just being your own advocate, educating yourself, stress management, and just kind of you know, practicing grace when things aren't perfect, but just keep moving forward, trying to do the right things um, and having a support system to, you know, take with you on that journey. Yeah. And I bet y'all are wondering, like, why are we talking about the gut, the, the gut on a conservative podcast? And my two cents is just that you can be completely independent. And I feel like if you have the education and the tools to do it, you can get there that much faster. It's just we we don't have a lot of education on this, and then it leads to people turning to big pharma and being put on prescriptions that they don't need to be put on because there's other alternatives, but they just don't know about because it's not talked about. Um, so I am just trying to dedicate this month to holistic health and give you all as much information as possible that I feel like is going to be useful tools for the listeners. But yeah, I think Big Pharma has an agenda. Um, they do, a lot of people are just on medications or have a different route of healthcare that they could have just fixed on their own had they known about preventative care. It is so important to know about preventative care because we are on a sick care system. We are in a public health care or public health crisis. Um, we have people, a lot more people that are that have are struggling with mental health, depression, uh, PCOS, like you said, infertility, like so many hormonal imbalances, so on and so forth. People are struggling, or we have an increase in Alzheimer's, dementia, all these things that are directly related to the gut. And I mean, just the rest of your body, they could be healed holistically. Uh, so that is just what I'm trying to share, give people more information because knowledge is power. And when you can be your own advocate and you have the tools to research it, you can just go so, so much further on your own and you can start to answer your own questions. So I hope this was helpful. I know for me, Dr. Lindsay just has so much knowledge on this. So thank you so much, Lindsay, for coming on here and giving us all your tips. I know I'm going to re-listen to this later because I'm going to jot some of these down. I think it's incredible. Um, but thank you so much, Lindsay, and we'll see you next episode. <laughs> uh, thanks for having me.